better than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, we are back on the North Coast. It is uh, it's Thursday. Nearly the end of uh, end of the month. Um, I've dialed in the Matrix. The Matrix has been on fire. I don't know if he's got any rolled gold this week, but uh, lots of positive feedback on um, the stats that uh, our panel member Jared in Brisbane, known as the Matrix, is rolling out. Welcome, Jared. Morning, Stephen. And the really good news is, is yes, I've got another rolled gold good thing for this weekend. So we'll get to that a little bit later and. Nice to hear that a few people cashed in last weekend and uh, there's some good footy and, gee, lots and lots and lots of talking points. Well, let's just start on probably the most boring subject, but it's an important subject, and that's the RLPA and the NRL. It would appear with the grandstanding this week with uh, with Newton, the um, chairman, CEO, whatever you want to call him, of the RLPA, uh, he really... It, it, it's become clear that he really wants to take on Volandis, I would think. Uh, Volandis is back in the country after, uh, you know, being wherever he went, probably to Wimbledon and Ascot and everywhere else. Um, that this is this potentially is going to get ugly. I mean, what's your what's your latest sort of scoop or take, Jared? Um, and you know, the main sort of talking points in this ongoing, long-standing CBA war. Well, let's peel back a few points, Steve. Firstly, I would suggest to all the listeners, be careful which media you're listening to because anybody that's associated with News Limited, which is Foxtel and the Daily Telegraph and all of those, that side, um, are being very strongly pushed by um, Volandis and those in the background because of their media deals and television deals and alike to toe the line and... Um, bash the players. So be careful of who you're listening to and where it comes from. Um, there's some very good interviews over the last week that have been done by guys like James Bure, um and Tom Simons, who both have executive roles for the Players Association and more recently, Clint Newton. Um, a couple of key points here. One is the media blackout and now the covering up of the logo. And there are some in the media I've heard already in the last couple of days say, it means nothing and it's doing nothing. What it's actually done is create discussion and it's created some media focus and it's lifted greater awareness that there's a dispute. That was the key goal. The key goal wasn't to try and punish anybody. It was actually to get heightened awareness of the fact that there is a dispute. So that's point number one. Point number two is if you actually peel back uh, what's unfolded over recent weeks, the Players Association thought, going back about six weeks ago, that they were close to agreement. Uh, Volani then deliberately took everything off the table and went back with a new uh, proposed agreement where he completely changed a whole range of things that had been agreed to. Now, one of those, just as an example, but it's only one, was that the minimum wage was about to be agreed to as 130000 a year, uh, all of a sudden, they went back and said, "No, it's now going to be one hundred and twenty thousand a year." 
But that was just one of many where they altered what was thought to have already been agreed to and basically just threw it all up in the air. And um, Peter Volandi's NRL board and executive love a fight and they love making it personal uh, and aggressive. And so that's now where uh, we're at with um, that discussion. The, The key points in the background that the Players Association are arguing for is transparency over the financials. Now, that impacts on uh, payments to international by the NRL. So if we go to the World Cup, the World Cup Association run that competition and then distribute the the payment funds. And so everybody was paid equally. Anything that's run previously by the NRL, if, if they ran a test match, then uh, there was no transparency about the income or the payment of uh, to Australian players, but also other international players. That's one of the sticking points. Now, what Volandis has tried to do is turn that upside down and say the Australian players want to be greedy about what they get compared to what the other uh, nations get. It's completely not the, the case. And the reason that there's a request for transparency is Forensic auditors on behalf of the Players Association uncovered last year in the financials for the NRL 28 million. Let me say that again 28 million that hadn't been disclosed in funds and income to the game. That's where there's a major bridge between the two. The players are saying you're not being transparent or honest about the income that then affects all of these other areas. So I could go on for the next 30 minutes about all of these bits and pieces, but transparency is the key issue over the finance. Why does the NRL not want to be completely transparent? Because they undersold the income to the game with the latest television deal to Channel 9 and Foxtel, and it's never been revealed. They don't want to reveal it, and they don't want transparency over the financials. And so that's where the argy-bargy is. So a simple question. If you're if you're taking a side in this, um, uh, you know th- this ongoing debate, are you well and truly on the player side because of all the all the issues that you've just pointed out? I am, Steve, and you know just to give some of my background. I mean, I, I, I've run um, big companies. I've been a CEO of a business for ten years that employed 140 staff. I've been through two very major industrial CBA negotiations, I understand all of that side and I come from a business perspective. And so normally I would probably err on the side of business as opposed to um, some of the supposed union orientation around these sorts of negotiations. In in this instance, I think the players are absolutely right. Um, and I don't think that there has been transparency. And I think um, you know a number of the things that they're putting forward and arguing we're agreed for Australian cricket over 10 years ago. We're agreed for the AFL going back probably seven or eight years ago. Okay, second They're question. Fun. Second question. Yep. Uh, do we have the right people uh, pushing the barrow of both sides? Do Does Newton need to step to the side? Um, yep. Does Volandis need to step to the side? They can sit outside the boardroom while negotiations are being had um, so that we can actually get to the completion of you know, this mess? Uh, quite possibly. Um, yeah, I think there's there's uh, pros and cons in arguing about uh, the exact management of both and why do we end up in this mess after 20 months. And 
Um, I think at times it's, you know, uh, both sides could have handled themselves better. Um, I think that there is a valid point, though. You still need those key decision makers and the legal representatives of the executive of both sides uh, in the final decision making. I actually agree with the Players Association about trying to get an independent mediator and why is that such a stumbling block for the NRL? It's a stumbling oh, block because, again, they don't want transparency. Yeah, and I think it's just become personal. I think in any of this yeah. sort of any any of this sort of de- deliberation where you know it starts to get you know argy bargy and quite um you know quite intense and it gets personal. Um, from my experience, it's best for you know the leaders of of those uh, you know of both both sides to move to the side. That doesn't mean they can't have input. Um, no. But they just don't have to be in the same room because it is getting personal. I mean, you know. Well, I, if if we go back to the last agreement, um, I actually thought Greenberg, and you know, I probably haven't been his greatest fan over history, but I did think that he handled that very did a well. Good job, yeah. And and it, and in at the head of the players, we had Maloney and we had Cameron Smith, both of who I think were fair, but also very articulate and ended up getting a very healthy path forward and agreement on both sides. Um, I guess my only regret at the moment is I would like to have seen maybe Jamie Bura, maybe Tom Simons, and maybe uh, Daly Cherry Evans, who's an executive director of the Players Association, probably be a little bit more vocal in some of the interview and discussion and clarity. Um, but I, I think where the NRL are losing the war, in my opinion, at the moment is if you look at social media over the last couple of weeks, you know, I've seen one poll where there were over 4,000 votes and 70% were in favour of the players, right? Mm. And and then you see that so much of that generation from, say, 20 to 35 are listening to podcasts and media like Bloke in a Bar, like... Um, Willie Mason and other uh, podcasts where the players are getting their message out there and the public are listening. So it's not about the daily media consumption on NRL 360 or the Telegraph. um, Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't think the NRL can win that fight. Um, You know, we we, we know from, you know, you only have to go back to the history of of Super League. Like the, the media is very, very tilted towards what News Corp owns. Um, they yep. can they can really conjure up a story and get the machine rolling very very quickly that really snowballs with all the outlets that they own. You know, you pick up online, pick up a paper, you read Telegraph, News Corp owned. NRL, where's it covered? Foxtel and Channel Nine. Foxtel owned by News Corp. Like it's you know, watching NRL three sixty. I agree with some of the views. I don't agree agree with all of them, but you know, it, it's become very evident that there's been a real you know, instruction for a push this week, um, you know, with Buzz and Gordon Tallis and all these guys that have long, long histories. Like we could go into the Gordon Tallis history with News Corp. Like it's ridiculous if you really wanted to dig into the stories through um, through Super League on that. So there's a lot of loyalty on that side. They can really get the snowball effect and get the wheel, wheel rolling. We'll watch this story. I mean, there's a lot going on. Um, Can I just make one last point, Stephen? The the chairman of the NRL is also the boss of Racing New South Wales, who are the biggest um, uh, racing jurisdiction in Australia now. They are also one of the biggest advertising clients to News Limited. Mm. So he's wearing two hats. 
You can't tell me that that doesn't then bring with it a lot of power and influence over media discussion. So, again, I just make the point, peel back where and what you're hearing and where it's coming from. Well, and we've also touched on the, you know, the the advertising spend, you know, the biggest advertising spend in sport, full stop, um, with New Score publications is Racing New South Wales. Correct. So... Anyway, let's uh, let's look at the scorecard of the top eight, Jared. Um, the Matrix. Well, I don't know. You've got one right. I can remember you vividly saying Parramatta line through them at the start of the year. Um, it would appear that you're, you're calling, as we did on Monday, that the Eels are gone. They won't make the top eight. I think one of your other calls for the year was the Raiders top four um, with a favourable draw. That's touch and go. Are there any other good ones that you actually mentioned that I'm missing? Or bad ones? Uh, oh, a bad one was certainly the Roosters. Uh, I backed oh, the Roosters yeah, early yeah, in the yeah. season, and you know, they were my long-term pick, and you know, we could have put a fork in them many weeks ago. They're gone. Um, you know, just on the yields, as I've touched on over the last week, I do feel for Brad Arthur, because I think he's done a, an exceptional job in difficult circumstances this year, but I thought Last weekend, that loss to the Cowboys uh, was, you know, the, the final nail on the coffin. They have a very difficult draw running home. So they've got the Storm this weekend. They also then, in three weeks' time, play the Broncos in uh, in Brisbane. And in the second last week, they play the Panthers. I would put all of those three games down as a loss. Uh, even if they were to keep winning, uh, I can't see them uh, winning all of those three games. So I have them finishing probably 10th and missing. Um, the real quandary now, well, I guess just quickly touching on the Raiders, I think that the Raiders probably finished seventh. So I think they missed that opportunity of the top four. Um, they do have a, you know, they've had a soft draw. They have a soft run home. Uh, very key game this weekend that we'll get to in a moment when they play the Knights. But uh, I think that they're probably going to finish seventh. Uh, but I think that, again, we're going to see that the teams at the bottom of the eight are just making up the numbers for the semifinals. But the other key one in question is the Sharks, and they've really got the hippie-hippie shakes right now. Uh, I think they probably hold on to finish eighth, but uh, I, I've got a lot of doubt around that because I think mentally they are almost gone. And again, they have a tough run home. So the Panthers this week, they then play the Rabbits the following week, which is over in Perth, then the Titans, then the Cowboys, then the Knights, then the Raiders. Now, I'm giving them that I think they'll beat the Titans. Um, I think they can, uh, on their best, beat the Knights and the Raiders, but I don't know that their best might be toward the end of the season. So they could quick, <coughs> excuse me, quickly fall out of contention. Um but again, I think whoever ends up in that eighth spot, if it's them, potentially it might be the Seagulls. Uh, I think it's numbers. just making up the numbers, yeah. Mm. Right, I plenty of scuttlebutt about uh, in the game. I don't know what it is this time of year, but, gee, there's some player movement led by uh, the one and only um, Gus Gould. I mean, is there anyone the Bulldogs haven't spoken to or potentially haven't signed? I mean, Listers, they're going to have a huge – I mean – I don't know. Gus is Gus is an interesting character. The way he goes about these things. I mean, you know, a couple of weeks ago he's talking about building from within. Every player they've signed is not within. 
Um, and it's a long list. I mean, you know, supposedly Takiaho has signed, uh, Liam Knight has signed, Blake Taff, uh, Bronson Cherry is coming next year. Uh, reports that, um, well, they've signed a couple of halfbacks already for the rest of this year and then into next year. It's going to be high turnover of that roster. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I, the only one of those signings that I think um, oh, probably stands out as, as a as a positive for mine is TAFE. Um, I think he's always showed potential. I thought he probably should have played uh, a lot more first grade this year at the Rabbits. Uh, and I've got a significant question at the Rabbits around whether they have the right halfback this year and moving forward. Uh, and I would have thought uh, TAFE uh, has played quite a bit of football at, at seven, six, and one. Uh, but clearly, he need, he wants opportunity now. He'll also earn, you know, probably similar or higher dollar. I think he's probably a good get for the Bulldogs. Um, I mean, obviously they have got Crichton coming next year. The key about Crichton is uh, they're going to pay him first grade money as a fullback. Um, whether he's yet to prove himself as being. Um, a five-star fullback. There's no doubt he's an outstanding talent, and I think he's a very good get for them. Um, Takiyako, I think, is very interesting. I mean, if I pose the question, who was the last um, big body middle forward front rower that left the NRL and went to England and came back and made a dent back in the NRL? We'd spend 15 minutes trying to remember who it was. So, you know, I've never been in favour of, you know, those forwards at the end of their career going overseas and coming back and actually making a dent. So maybe there's one good year in him, and that's probably what the Bulldogs need. It poses the question what they're going to do about Thompson. Uh, Thompson's been linked to the Dragons. He's had a, a horrific run with a foot injury this season and so hasn't played any football. Uh, if he gets that right, then you know he's still, you know, he was an international football of of renown when the Bulldogs. So, in a stronger lineup, I think he's got some football in him. A number of the others are journeymen that you've mentioned, and you know, I guess you know they're trying to plug some holes and and add a little bit of depth and experience. I'm just not sure that it's strengthened overall their list though. So let, let's uh, let's look at the coach uh, sort of look out into next year. Uh, Panthers, Broncos, Warriors, Storm, Raiders, Sharks, Cowboys, Eels. You would think all and Rabbitohs. You'd think all those coaches are staying put. Um, yep. We discussed on Monday the Knights. I think uh, they'd be mad to move on Adam O'Brien now. Is my view. Uh, so- uh, and, and and all all the noises coming out of the Knights are that um, you know the, the players and the players are playing in a way that they're all in on the coach. So I agree with you. I would suggest that that's going to be really difficult. And they would need to fall in a very quick hole, which is very hard to see. Um, And I think if you peel that back a little further, I mean, I think Ponga is now playing the best football he has for the last two years. Um, And there are other players like uh, Best, Crossland, uh, absolutely offering... Uh, some great football. So, and it sounds like uh, a lot of that's got to come back it? to the coach. Sounds like Bess Sorry? is going to stay. He's going to get extended. He's going to stay. Yeah, I, my mail is my mail is that's the case. Yes. Yeah, oh, I think the Knights too. You don't want to be playing them at home in the next couple of weeks. 
Like they, no. that, that crowd was, you know, they had a full crowd on the weekend, great performance. You do not want to be playing them in Newcastle, I think, in the next couple of weeks. And it's quite obvious the players are playing for the coach. Uh, Ponga has been very um, vocal in his support of Adam O'Brien. So I think he, well, if he doesn't retain his job, I think it's a ridiculous decision. Seabold will still be at the Eagles. Uh, Trent Robinson going nowhere. Wayne going nowhere. New coach already at the Titans. Desi is uh, moving to the Gold Coast. Uh, Dragons, new coach. Flanagan is moving down to, uh, from the Shire down to Wollongong. Uh, Bulldogs, well, you know, he signed a five-year contract and it's been a really successful uh, first year for uh, Serraldo and Gus. And then, um, not. And then we, de- who knows what goes on at the Tigers. Is that going to, like, it's uh, Tim Sheens, Benji. Um, I now read that Farrah is talking about the fact that he wants to move yeah. into the front office and be general manager of football. And Yeah, I, I, I suspect that we uh, overseas and, and we'll see a change at the Tigers where Tim Sheens will step aside uh, and Marshall, who in the background has been running far more of the play negotiation and the training sessions, uh, will um, outside of that, I, you know, that, that's probably a significant change. Um, I mean, where that, where that club needs changes at their boardroom, but you know, that's a, and their executive management, but that's another story. But um, I, I don't know how the the Tigers improve out of the bottom four. Into I think they've got a five year rebuild if they get it right. The old five year rebuild, right? Oh well, let's uh, let's look at the run home. Um, starts tonight in a. Cracking Thursday night game. I think Broncos, uh, interesting. Oh, Gussie. Gussie had a bit of a pot shot at the Broncos that they can't win the comp. Um, and the Roosters, desperate. Desperate for a win to keep their top eight, um, you know, hopes alive. You've put a line through them. I haven't put for, put a line for them yet, Jared. I think there were signs in the last couple of weeks. Um, I think this will be a really good game, and I think there'll be a lot of points. What's your take on this one? Um, yeah, I, I expect there's points. I, I can't be with the Roosters. Um, I don't think that's formed very strong. I thought the Titans were terrible. Um, and I didn't know that the Roosters were that good. I actually thought it was more about the Titans being that bad. Their record against top eight teams is really poor. Um, their record over this season, um, and in particular over the last couple of months, against those top of table teams has equally been as poor. You know, they've only won three of their last 10 games. Um, And two of those three wins were against teams in the bottom four. And their last five games against teams in the top eight, they're zero. And they made a team that's top two on the table. I thought Walsh was obviously outstanding last weekend. That kid is just a superstar. Reynolds, again, outstanding. Some of that stuff Reynolds did... um, in directing play and creating opportunity, then Walsh was allowed to run off. Um, they do have two key forwards. Uh, I marked at nine and a half between them, Steve. The market was a seven and a half. I think it's gone to eight and a half. I think the Broncos win by eight. Um, we'll suggest, I think, um, Farnworth might be a nice little play for an anytime try scorer. Just on the Broncos, would you extend Adam Reynolds? In good form. Um, well, what's he got? I think he's got, is it another year to yeah, go? Yeah, another year. He signed three years. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'd probably wait till early next year. I mean, he's not going to go anywhere. Um, You'd I keep him in some role there, but wouldn't you? 
Well, it's already written into his contract. I know that you know the Korea Mail made a big deal about this last weekend. All they did was, uh, you know, redo an article of two years ago that factored into his deal is that he'll be on the coaching staff uh, when he retires. So nothing's changed. Righto. So uh, we move into the next one. We don't have to spend too too much time talking about the hapless Tigers, but the Rabbitohs. <laughs> what, what are they going to run up against the Tigers? Latrell is apparently back. He's been back for about six weeks, but apparently he's going to start um, tomorrow night. Um, downtown but, Scully Park, Stephen. Oh, downtown. That Jeez, we're back to our old roots in Tamworth, Jared. Yeah, how many? You and I have still got scars on our knees and elbows oh, from downtown Scully Park. It's a what, great little venue. and It's a cracking setup now, Bart, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And listen, there'll be points in this game, and I think it'll all be lopsided. Uh, the market's... Yeah, twenty one, uh, roughly twenty one between them. I think South's absolutely run up a number here. Very poor last week. They have to get themselves back in the winning form, which I expect that they do here. Um, I think the Tigers have been feeble. Yes, they've got a key in Brooks and a couple of other notables uh, that have been missing for a few weeks. But mentally, and in particular down the edges and back through in behind their ruck, I think they've got massive problems in defence. I think it's the night where the Rabbits step up. The Trell will lead it. I'm sure the Trell scores one, if not two, tries. I think they win by mid to high 20s uh, and cover the line and, and do so running away. Uh, we go down to Melbourne. Uh, the Storm take on uh, the Eels. Uh, obviously, both clubs have a lot to play for. The Storm, in Bellamy's words, uh, really, really poor last week and just unstorm-like. I think the thing that pops up here for me is the social media around Ryan Pappenhauser's return. I saw uh, someone sent me something last night. Like the guy looks like he's training the house down and it's pretty much 12 months nearly to the day. Really bad injury. Um, Gee, you know, wherever they go anywhere in the finals, I'd love to see that guy back on the field playing, you know, good open football um, you know, at the back and, you know, Nick Meaney moving to, I don't know, he might move to the centres maybe, but he's obviously a fantastic, has been a fantastic foil for uh, for Ryan Pappenhausen. Um, a Parramatta, any chance in this one? Oh, um, some chance, but the, the problem with Parramatta right now, um, uh, much to do with out there doing, is that they've just got so many key outs. Brown, Lane, um, Campbell Gillard, uh, Big Greg and Silva, it just punches a massive hole in that list. You know, that's five key outs. They don't have a backup hooker. They've just signed Lussick, but, um, you know, he's just off a plane coming back from England. I just think that their bench is really thin. They've got problems down the outside of each edge. Um, their forward backup and their big middles are an issue. I think they're really up against it. You know, the interesting with the Storm is that off their last five losses, they've then won. They yet to have back-to-back losses this season. Oh, is that right? In, partic- in particular, when they come off a loss and then play in Melbourne like they do this week, they've responded exceptionally well. You know, got beat by and the Broncos, went back home and won. Um, you know, got beat by uh, North Queensland, went back home and absolutely put the cleaners through the Sharks. Got beat by the Panthers at home and then the following week beat the Roosters. Um, but most notably, I think they've won their last six in Melbourne. This game's at Marvel Stadium, not at Amy because of the, the Women's World Cup. But their record there is very good. I think they win. 
Uh, I I thought that there was um, you know probably um, close to six and a half to seven and a half between them, um, and I wanted to be with the Storm. The other key thing about the Eels is I thought the Cowboys. The most impressive part of what the Cowboys did last week was physically in defence. They absolutely whacked Parramatta. Really, really physical. Um, Parramatta come off that long trip up the Townsville, then back home, off being absolutely whacked, then another away game. Um, I think they're in a bit of trouble here. Yeah, um, interesting. Barnsley's down in Melbourne, actually, working with the Wallabies. Um, he, uh, he achieved one of his lifetime goals, you say, Jared? What was that? He kicked a goal, an AFL goal at the at the G before Saturday night. Oh, nights. did he? Yeah, before he said, yeah, he said through the. I put it up on social media before um before uh, Saturday night Splatterslow Cup. Oh gee, I hope they uh, I hope they turn up on Saturday night because the All Blacks have been outstanding. Yes. So. Yes. Yes, I think Australia might be in a bit of trouble. Well, um, Barnsley's got 53 jobs. He might be a kicking coach for an AFL team soon, and add that to his list. He's he has he's the busiest man in two four seven eight that's actually not really employed by anyone. Anyway, that's another that's probably a podcast in itself. Uh, Super Saturday uh, Raiders at home versus the Knights. This will be a cracker. I'm really looking forward to this game. Um, obviously, the Knights have to win. Uh, Raiders paying dollar seventy. Knights two sixteen. Uh, it's pretty close to maybe the best side that Newcastle could field. I would think, Jared. You know, yeah, they're, they're just missing form. one of the Safiti, one missing one of the Safiti brothers this week, uh, but they are in good form, and uh, there were parts of that second half last week that I really liked in what they did with the Storm. The Storm would normally have run down the Knights as they got back into the game and got their heads back on. The Knights are really strong. Uh, this is a really good matchup. The key little factor here is the Knights in Canberra have not been good. They've only won six of their 20 visits, the last 20 visits down to Canberra. So that, And their overall travel record is also not flash. Uh, but this is a side that they can beat. You know, the Raiders come off that Golden Point loss in New Zealand last week. Um, they have a habit of just winning. Um, their record as a favourite at home and covering the line is very, very poor, only 30%. On with the Raiders, on numbers, I probably had a six-point gap. Um, but uh, this this game, very intriguing and one of the better watches of the weekend. Yeah, the um, you know the one that's interesting here, I, you know, and I, there might be some movement just when you have a look at their roster in the off-season is Lockie Miller. Like, he is a first-grader every day of the week, was outstanding uh, when Kalen was uh, playing at six and when he was injured. Obviously, he's not getting a start in the 14. I don't know, Jared. I think he could be somebody that could be targeted by a club in the off-season. Being linked to clubs in England at the moment, Steve. I'd love to see the Dragons sign him. I reckon he'd Yeah, be, yeah. I, I think <clears throat> he, he's very, very safe at the back. You can, you know, you can then sort of work on, uh, you know, on the young fullback that's there at the Dragons who's got a lot of, uh, a lot of game, but he's also got a lot of mistakes. So... Lockie Miller is a first grader every day of the week. A bit more mature. He's, I don't know, he's maybe 29. Um, well, the other, the other thing is that he, he, can play, he can play six if need. You know, if, if you've got injuries and you need a backup, um, you know, I think his perfect role is one. Ideal um, 14. I, I, I agree. Yeah, ideal one or 14, isn't he? 
And, and he's a first grader. Oh, he's and, a first grader yeah. every day of the week. Yeah. He, he'd be a very good get for the Dragons. It's a bit like uh, our discussion on Monday with uh, around Jaden Campbell. Uh, yep. Okay, Saturday, 5.30, down at the gong. And I know you're going to trot out some stats here, which I love, on the Dragons. Dragons versus Seagulls. There would be nothing better to top off the weekend for Condo than the Dragons to towel up the Seagulls. Can it happen? Well, they're a big show. They're a big show here. Uh, I will mention it's... Playing $2.80. Uh, Cherry, <clears throat> Cherry Evans' 300th game. Amazing. Now, you know, yeah. Amazing career. Um, I think he's he's just been in outstanding form this season. Unlike others, he's happy to play his 300th game wherever it turns up. This time it turns <laughs> up at the gong. Oh, um, two shoes, Ricky. This is a this is a really tough outing for the Eagles because their record at the Gong is horrible. Only one from their last nine visits here. Um, the Dragons are only missing Sewer. They come off a really weak form line, but they get their chance here. Um, the Eagles are missing now two um, big fellas in the middle that they lost out of that game last week against the Sharks in uh, Alloy and uh, is it Pasquera. Um, that weakens them a little bit. They've got lodged playing there now. I, I just didn't like the form out of that Sharks-Eagles game last weekend. I was with the Eagles at the start, nice result, but I didn't like the form out of the game. The Dragons are a show here. This is a big watch for the Eagles. There are a slight chance of maybe making the eight. This is a game they've got to pick up. I'm with the Eagles to win, but I think it's very tight. Oh, gee, I'm, I will not be moving from 5.30. Maybe I last till 5.35. Hopefully I there's, last till uh, 7 o'clock and the Dragons win. There's, there's points in that game, Steve. There's oh, there'll be plenty. That'll be, that, that'll be high scoring. You know, we've got a dry track at the gong. Uh, I think both teams leak points uh, and create points. There'll be points in it. When a side has the wobbles, there's one place you don't really want to go to play on a Saturday night at 7.30. That's down... That's down to Penrith. Um, the Sharks take on the Panthers. Uh, this is another game, I think, Jared, that probably has a lot of points. Um, lopsided betting market here. Panthers $1.11. Sharks paying $6.70. Well, it might have points, but I think it might end up being lopsided. Um, Sharks have lost their last six to Penrith. Uh, if we go back through that form in the last five weeks, Absolutely flogged when they played the Storm, flogged when they played the Warriors. Now, those two teams sit in the top six. Last week, I thought it was more about them mentally being absolutely shot in the first half than it was the Eagles being very good, and the Eagles are not a top six side. Then this week, they go to one of the toughest away venues against the team sitting at the top of the table. Uh, this looks very lopsided to mine. Uh, my numbers are probably about where the market is, which is, Around 16.5, I think Penrith cover it and cover it pretty comfortably. I thought they were one of the better bets of the weekend. Um, I just think uh, some of these outs, which are now compounding for the Sharks, you know, they've now lost Finucane. Um, Cole Heron, who came in last week to try and help on that left edge, is now picked up an injury. So you've got he and Wilton out. Uh, Hamlin Newelli is still very doubtful. It means that he brings Wade Graham back into the team, who only two, uh, a week ago got dropped. Um, they've got major problems defensively, especially on that left edge. You could drive a truck down and, and hurt nobody. And that's where the roll goal good thing is, Stephen. Um, oh, Liam Martin, hang on. What Liam is it? Martin, yeah. 
Liam Martin, anytime try scorer. How is he 3.30? Liam Martin, anytime try scorer. I like that. Okay. Penrith 7.35. Yep. He and uh, Crichton on that right edge will just have a picnic. Okay, so what's the roll goal bet? Is that Liam it? Martin. Anytime try score, $3.30. $3.30. Okay. I don't think it'll stay $3.30 for long. Uh, there's another <laughs> one that we didn't mention um, at the start of the podcast. Um, Jamin Salmon, he's going to the Bulldogs. Yes. Jeez. Yes. How many utilities can you have, Gus? Uh, yeah, okay, right. Well, Sharks have got to be desperate. I can't see him winning this one. Jared, just a, no, no. Just a, a bit of a scorecard. Um, start of the year, you, you, your bet was uh, Roosters to win the comp. Mm-hmm. Right here, right now, can Penrith win? Well, firstly, can Penrith make uh, their fourth grand final in a row and can they win their third one? Oh, I think they're in the grand final. Uh, and I think that, you know, they're... They're in the grand the final. Who do they play, in your view? Uh, I think it's either the Broncos or the Cowboys coming through the other side of the draw. Mm, okay. um, most likely, um, probably the, the Broncos. And, yeah, the Broncos are now second, I think, second favourite in the market, 450 to win the competition. I think that's probably about right. I think the way the draw unfolds. But to beat the Panthers, you're going to have to come up with four to five tries. In a grand final, that's incredibly difficult where defence is the focus. And, um, you know, it's very difficult to see the Panthers being beat. They can be beat, but, gee, they're box-sitting at the moment. Uh, Sunday, 2pm, do we have to talk about this game, Bulldogs? Dolphins, do we just go straight over the top to the Sunday 4 o'clock game, Jared? It's in Bundaberg. There'll be a lot of points, I think, the Dolphins. Okay. Titans, desperate. They need a win against the Cowboys, who are going for their seventh in a row. Um, It's on the Gold Coast. Uh, I notice again that he hasn't been named to start. Um, Oh, hang on. Is Jaden? No. Yeah, Jaden Campbell, he's, he's down as 14. Um, he's got to be in the team. I, do, I just he, don't he's understand. He's got to be. It. Yeah, he's got it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sort of with you. I, you know, would you give him a crack at playing halfback? Well, I'd, I'd put move, him at move, one. Move, well, would you move four into halfback and and you know and play Jaden at five eight? Yeah, well, whichever way. Um, the other issue is you know the Titans last weekend. That right edge was absolutely horrible. Mm. Through the first tr- four tries that the Roosters scored went down that right edge and literally were walkthroughs. They were soft as. Now, he's made a couple of changes to that edge. But I would have I would have moved Brimson to the right centre and brought Campbell in at one. In, three, in two of his last three outings, Campbell has been the best player for the Titans. Mm. Listen, they, 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 Tino is a massive out for them. Uh, it's not just what he does on the park, but clearly what he does as a leader. I thought the Titans were... Horrible last week. I expected much, much better. I don't know the Roosters were that good. Um, if I'm winning out of the weekend, coming into this game, I'm backing uh, the Cowboys 13+. plus. Yeah, paying there pretty short too, $1.33. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think the Titans win this one over. No. Righto, do we have any multis that we're looking at for the weekend? So quickly through the tip, Steve, I'm the Broncos by 14, the Rabbits by 28, the Storm by 12. <laughs> Rabbits by 28. The Storm by 12. The Raiders maybe just by six. Eagles maybe just by six. I think the Panthers write your own number. 
I wrote down 24. I think the Dolphins win. I think the Cowboys win by a margin in the last one. Listen, uh, I, I thought there were a few that I did like through the weekend. I, I think the Broncos can get home tonight and probably cover the line. I did like the Rabbits at the minus 21 and a half. I think they'll run up a number there. thought the other good one of the weekend was probably the Panthers to also cover the line. And certainly the best of the weekend, the roll goal good thing is Liam Martin any time try for the Panthers on that right edge at 3.30. Well, we've got five weeks to run, Jared, till the semifinals. It's really hotting up. The bottom of the top eight is going to be really interesting. And uh, our tipping comp... It's uh, it's hotting up as well. Kiwi Doc is two in front of Juzzy, so one fifteen plays one thirteen. Sammy Powell is one eleven with uh, I think it's Benny Crawford one eleven. Um, but still, Greg Murdoch sitting well, hovering with a Joker. Carlos. Well, if I Joker. was sitting there with it, if I was in contention sitting there with the Joker, yeah, this would be the week I'd roll it out, Steve. Because the I week think you'd use it, is it? I'd use it and I'd take all the favourites. Right. Okay, so you would use your Joker this week and you'd take yep. all the favourites. Yep. And I think therein lies a nice little all-up for us over the weekend. Roll all eight favourites up together. Well, I think you'll get a nice collect and it's worth a, a 20 or a 50 on that. Might pay for Chinese dinner on Sunday. Okay, right. I'll have a look at that. Righto, well, it's been a pleasure again, Mr. Matrix, uh, up there in Brizzy. The, it's blue sky here. I hope it's blue sky up there. Uh, I'm sure it'll be really warm down in Melbourne for the Bledisloe on Saturday night. Um, quite a contingent from uh, Lennox Head's actually going to be there on Saturday night, which is good. Um, hopefully, Barnsley's kicking, coaching gets the Wallabies over the line. That would be fantastic uh, to see the All Blacks go down. Um, I caught up with Wisey very early this morning. Uh Sides to be named any minute, but he thinks, uh, I think the the word on the street is Eddie is going to make quite a few changes and they are going to play attacking rugby. So, Well, they're going to need to, aren't they? Yeah, Saturday night. Dragons, Dragons beat. So just just picture it, Jarrett. Sitting on the lounge, having having a ball and all beer. The Dragons knock off the Seagulls into, well, the Panthers will run right, so we can sit down and... Put the Wallabies on, and the Wallabies beat the All Blacks. How good would that be? Well, what, what, watch, the, watch the Wallabies, but just keep an eye on your phone for any time try scorers in the Panthers game. And um, I'm going to the Gabba tonight to watch Rugby League at the Gabba. I've never seen Rugby League at the Gabba, and the Broncos and the Roosters, so I'll be waving from the stand there as well. Oh, that'll be interesting. That'll be a good game. Righto, we'll catch you on Monday. Be good. See you, Mark. Smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs> <laughs>